0: دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خلیل زاده عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خداداد عزیزی پاسه توی زمین یکش فردارو به توی دروازه دروازه رد شد گل بنام از بود برای ایران خبرو بزنه کریم انصاری فن گل توی هر آریوان، تو، توی دروازه! یه شبا، حرکتت خوشا نجات، توی دروازه. ایران. به نام خدا، عرض سلام و وقت بخیر دارم خدمت همه شما بینندگان عزیز و محترم، همراهان آنتن، من سبریسون فرصت برای ایران داخل محمدت سردار پاس میده ضربه رو میزنه اونجا چی شد سردار فرصت هست برای ایران داخل محمدت جریمه طارق همام یه اونجا خبری از خطا نیز کار دنبال میشه بازم خلی زده پاس رو به جلو فرصت برای ایران میتونم پاس بدن موقعیت برای سردار فرصت گول توی دروازه سردار آزمون چه کسی از سردار بهتر گول میزنه ایران یکی ایران. اینجا این ببینید این پاسور به از احسان حاج و این ضربه ی یه فرصت موقعیت برای تاره پاس میده فرصت برای گل دوم ایران میگیره اونجا سردار و نتونست خودش رو دو گل کنه و تیم ایران رو زای موقعیت برای ایران داخل محوطه جریمه کماکان رضایی موقعیت برای گل دوم چیکار می بچه کنه بچه‌های ما واقعی گل نمیکنه این توپو این هم پایان این مسابقه
1: برتری یک بر صفر It was mission accomplished Iranian style in Bahrain Tuesday night. Team Ali did what many thought was not possible, guys, after the last year and a half after the wheels fell off, as we said, uh, back in 2019 when Mark Wilmot's reign as successor to Carlos Karros, as skipper for Iran, came to, as we know, a crashing end and the embarrassing losses to both Bahrain and Iraq. Uh, Despite all that, one Dragon Skosic helped weather the storm for Iran and... Asia's col- uh, strongest collection of offensive professionals, combined with newfound defensive strength, and we finished off round two of World Cup qualifiers to keep that dream of playing a World Cup in Iran's backyard pool, shall we say, of of Qatar and the Persian Gulf, alive. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, this is Golbazan, and for some calamity of errors, uh, I'm your host today, Samson Tamajani here. Uh, we've got a fantastic lineup of panelists and guests lined up for this episode. I'm joined by our uh, always consistent Scotsman, Aria Alaverdi. Aria, what's up? All good, mate. All good. Glad to be back on. And uh, of course, uh, recurring uh, panelists, our Swedish chef, Pejman Pars. How are you, sir?
2: Hi, Samson. I'm good. I'm good. Let's get out.
1: And we have a very special uh, guest panelist today to provide as as good of perspective as you'll get other than the players themselves. We have Naveed Nasari, the midfielder for Northern Irish Champions Linfield, which also recently won the double in Northern Ireland, plus qualifying for the qualification rounds of the Champions League. He also played for Iran's U20 side with the likes of Ali Golazadeh, among others. Navid, uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Where are you joining us from today, by the way?
3: Um, thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, I'm joining from Belfast uh, in Northern Ireland, so uh, thanks for having me on.
1: And I, know, I know that you're, you're staying busy. You guys have a busy summer ahead of you, and I uh, th- appreciate you taking the time for us, mate. And uh, if you haven't got, uh, already gotten the chance, when you get the chance, go ahead and listen to our interview with uh, Navid from a few months back. It was a good one. You guys, we'll also feature segments from Hassanin Bilal from the Iraq Football Podcast, as well as Chris Edwards later on, who does some writing on behalf of fans for uh, the uh, Australian soccer ruse as they, as they, of course, will uh, join the likes of Iran, Japan, South Korea, others as the heavyweights going into the last round of qualification. Yeah, and the thanks again uh, for all of our listeners joining us on Twitter Spaces this month. Really enjoyed them. And we'll continue to do more of those when that opportunity arises. Now, let's get to it. Uh, analysis of this match. Iran 1, Iraq 0. The goal, of course, from Sardar Azmun, assisted by our favorite punching bag sometimes, Hassan Haj Safi, who came up big, as we have to admit, came up big at many parts, as we'll definitely get into. Uh, now, just before, uh, before we get thoughts, here was the lineup, just in case anyone forgot. Uh, we had Baron Van goal. It was Mohar at the right back and in the centers were Kenani, Khalil Zadeh, and Haasafi played in the left back. Khalil got the start, as well as Nuralahi, Ezotalahi, and Jahan in a surprising start, uh, as many would think. And, of course, the two strikers were Azmoon and Mehdi Taremi. Uh, the subs who came on later, though, is, was uh, Saman Kudos, uh Milad Mohammadi, Sarlak, uh, Gayadi, and Rezaei. So that being said, reactions to all this, guys. Uh, Navid, I want to start out with you, if I may. What stood out to you uh, from really the play of the entire of the entire game? Um,
3: really, obviously, it was a professional performance. The end goal um, with these qualifiers is the result. Um, you know, as as players and 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 coaching staff, the the end goal in, in competitions where you have to qualify or you have to win, like a cup competition, um, is is really the result. So in terms of the performance uh it was it was really professional we got the job done kept a clean sheet um and obviously we needed the three three points to progress in the group and and that's what we we did so from from my my vision and, and opinion um you know scotch has got it got it bang on playing two strikers up top as well um everything everything was as, was professional as, as it needed to be
1: as it needed to be pejman what do you agree with that
2: yeah i do when we look back uh, In these three four games that Iran had, uh, they, they they got the job done that was uh, required by them, and that's what's important. Uh, it was nice or ugly, or good or bad. Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. So it, it's it's a confidence booster, I guess, for for the players who struggled before, like uh, when they had and losing those two important
1: games. It was 12, 12 points in 12 days, if I'm not mistaken, Arya.
4: Uh, yeah, like I said, 12 points out of uh, four games. Uh, three clean sheets. Um, only one goal conceded. And, you know, we scored a lot of goals. I, you know, and there were some impressive performances, you know, will come on to it for me. Qoli Zadeh uh, was the, the sort of man of the month for me. I thought he was brilliant all, on all the matches that he played. Um, also, some disappointing performances for sure that you know you might look back on and say you expect more uh, and then also I, I feel like um you can give credit now to scotchage because uh he's come in with a lot of criticism um rightly so to some extent you know you, you have to admit rightly so to some extent because you know he hasn't been uh, particularly great with the performances but the results have been there and that's what matters at this level you know navid will tell you at this level in, in the day it matters that you get results uh, and he's done that, so I'm impressed with the overall success uh, this month.
1: Yeah, you could definitely say that a lot of the production came from uh, from the core source of uh, Ali Kulizadeh. Uh Now, Navi, you played with the man. You play. You joined him at the, the U20 camps of uh, Team Ali uh, not terribly long ago. Uh, what was it like uh, being being his teammate? What do you see when you when you watch him play and um, I mean, Ali was one that really stood out for me when I first
3: arrived in the camp. Um, you know, the boys that that were playing yesterday, um, Ezra Talahi was there, Wally's other was there, um, Hosseini was another one, and Milad Sarlak was another one. And uh, for, for me, coming over from Europe, obviously seeing the Iranian boys who had played eternally in Iran, um, he just stood out with his technical ability, um, his agility, his pace, um, obviously a wonderful left foot as well. Um, it was It was a little bit different from um the usual norm of, of Iranian you know players that we've produced in Iran. Um since then he's obviously gone over to Belgium and and done well and rightly so. You know, I, I had no doubt that his ability would shine through if he had the opportunity to showcase it and, and he has done. Now moving forward it's, it's really interesting to see how good he can become um uh, because he's still he's still young. He's not um you know I don't think he's hit his prime yet. Um, and you can, as you've seen yesterday, he was the, he was the star performer in, in the team. Um, that, that pass, if, if Lionel Messi had done it, everyone would be reposting it. But, uh, you know, the, the through-ball to Haj was was tremendous. Uh, the vision, even the movement before it to, to lose the lose the player. I think he played a one-two inside and, and then, you know, to create that space for himself, looked up and, the weight of the past, the vision was, was just, um, it was really world-class and there was nothing short of that.
1: But keeping in perspective, this was the first win against Iraq in a long time, boys. I I, I want to say since the since a pre-2015 Asian Cup friendly got the job done against uh, Iraq and uh, many frustrating losses, draws against Iraq. And uh, as we heard last week for a preview of the Iraq match, this wasn't per se Iraq's best lineup, but they still came out swing, they came out physical, they came out well, doing what really happens during a lot of Iran-Iraq games a lot of uh, whistles blown, a lot of yellow cards, I believe Iran uh, had five yellow cards, and now now uh, transitioning into player ratings, Arya, what, what, what about your uh, player ratings, how would you grade it?
4: Yeah, I think um, it's fair to say that we criticised Hausa a lot um, and again, I'll stick by it, rightly so, because as a captain, you expect more you expect a lot more from him because he's a leader on the pitch for the, for the young, younger players. I mean, we're speaking about Ali Kourizadeh. We're speaking about the likes of Mehdi Koyadi. These guys need someone who's going to be able to lead them um, in the national team. And I don't think he was doing that. And, you know, you can say what you want. You know, you, can, if, you can, if you disagree with me, it's fine. But uh, I stick by that. And I, I'm really happy to see that when it counts, he's able to produce a performance like that. Um, and you know you could yeah, you know you can you can see you know he's playing at left back and maybe it's his more natural position and maybe it is you know uh, and you know that's maybe where he should be playing regularly for the national team. Um, having said that, uh, again, I still expect more, um, and I know that's going to sound harsh. However, you just because you played one good game doesn't mean then you're going to become the best player of the national team. You know, I still expect more from him. I, I really appreciate that he did so well in this game and I really appreciate his, his performance and I hope that he continues it um because it's very important that a captain with over 110 caps does that regularly for the national team. Um and then you're you know on top of that um just to just back on Navid's point on uh, um, you know a guy who who was getting, a, you know, rare the, the left back for um, Iraq, Ali Adnan, was on his, on him like a rash. I mean, he was being very aggressive, you know, trying to put the pressure on. And a, a guy like him, you, you can't give him enough, a lot of space. You have to, you know, really be aggressive. And, you know, because a little bit of space is enough for him. You know, and we saw that go, you know, in tiniest space and he'll create something out of nothing. And, you know, it's a wonderful player that I think people need to, to recognize a little bit more.
2: Uh, I think Esan did enough, enough to buy himself more time to make us doubt him again, if you know what I mean. Um, the thing with, with Esan is uh, his biggest strengths used to be like his, his speed and running up and down the left side and he doesn't do that anymore. But uh, his experience is still useful in against this kind of competition. So can he be useful against teams like South Korea or even Saudi Arabia? Maybe we we'll play against Australia. I I don't know. And also, I really don't know what kind of leader he is like in in the in the dressing room. If he even is is that leader, or maybe. Just is that leader because he have a lot of caps but maybe as yeah, we saw a, a couple of uh, footages it seemed like Mehti seems to I me mean, seems to be that natural leader of like uh, giving the moral boost and the speech but that should be like a son's job. I don't know uh, I don't think he will last until World Cup. But I think he will be in the squad until then.
1: How much will yeah. Iran have to change going forward? I mean, the, the lineups apparently worked for getting... Yeah, points points, well,
4: look, was... the defence itself, for me, the defence uh, needs to have an, another reassessment. Um, they did really well in these four games. Um, against Cambodia, they were very good. Against Hong Kong, they were decent. Um, against Bahrain, we can see the goal. Uh, and against Iraq, we were decent. You know, I thought... But I do think there's a reassessment there. For me, the question is, does Purali Ganji... Is he our best centre-back? For me, yes. I think he's our best centre-back. You know, and I don't think that Khalid Zadeh and Kanani are bad players at all. I think they're really good players. I think they've done really well. They've built a good partnership at Paris Police. They know each other well. Um, However, I am... This is my personal preference. Maybe you guys will disagree with me. In the national team, the best players need to start. When they're available, they need to play. There's no doubt about that. Like, 100%, like, we can't even, you know, we can't say, like, for example, you know, Jahan Bash played yesterday, you know, I and, you know, maybe he's not in form, but he is one of our best players, regardless of in form or not. Pruali Ganji is doing well in China and he should be starting you know and I think that you know we need to look at look at that again I don't know if Kanoni is the right guy but um, we'll see I was very impressive with moharami I thought he was brilliant as a right back um, and I, for me Kodos is a guy who I think Navid can go on that as well because he same position as him for me wonderful player you know absolutely a brilliant player whenever, whenever he came on these four games he was fantastic um, I'd love to see more of him.
3: Yeah, so obviously Salman's a, a wonderful talent as well who's coming the, to the national team fold. And, uh, and I agree with Aria. When when it comes down to the national team, um, I feel like the best players who are available and, and injury-free should play. Um, the difficulty obviously is when you're overloaded with talent in a specific area. And I feel like Iran is at the moment with attacking midfielders. Um, and it's a difference between what kind of the manager wants to play formation-wise for me. Um, Whether he wants to play out-and-out wingers or he wants to play like a number 10 because, you know, uh, you have to only maybe pick two or three and you have Zadeh, Toremi. you've got Vodos, you've got Jambash. So it is a difficult situation to have, but it's a good situation to have um, because, you know, we have plenty of different options uh, for different games. Uh, so, so for me, obviously, with with Saman, he's playing well as well, and now he's promoted to the Premier League. I think we're going to see him now at the top top level, um, and and from there, obviously, if he is performing and Brentford are playing well, then there is no reason why um, he shouldn't be starting every game when, when he turns up to uh, the national team games for Iran. Um, and and for me, again, the same same problem and dilemma we've we've got with the goalkeepers at the moment. Um, it is a good dilemma to have um hopefully we don't have too many blunders happening for goalkeepers um because they can be really costly mistakes just based on the position that they play um but you know Zad has had a, a fantastic season this year in portugal if i'm not wrong i think he made the team of the year in portugal um and obviously baron van's been the number one for for a number of years now um and you know based on you know performances he's been rewarded with with uh, with regular place in the team. Uh, and, and until, you know, maybe he makes a mistake or whatever, then it, it is a, it's a situation where do you change it? And, and again, that's up to the coaching staff and them working with them on a daily and analyzing their games for the representative clubs.
1: Pejman, I want to ask you about Ezzetalahi, Nuralahi in the center and Jahanboks. So those guys, what did you see that... Satisfied you uh, watching these games and what left more to be desired of those three? Uh, maybe we expect less from Nur Lahai.
2: and uh, that's probably why he. And that's why he was uh, probably the best player of those three in that game against Iraq. Yeah, he was decent. He did his job very well. Well, and I believe that uh, understand. Skočić Sc- Sc- Scots- can bring out the best. Of him, which is uh, really important because he may very well yeah, start in the in the coming games against tougher opponents. Uh, Said is, of course, the link and the key and the heart in the middle. And the, uh, sometimes he plays good. Sometimes he can do better. But in general, he is probably the most important player for Iran, I believe. Because if you don't, in, we saw. Uh, look, um, I'm going to make this week. We saw the first game where he didn't start, that uh, we lacked somebody who, who could take care of the middle. It doesn't matter how good players you have in Taormi and Osmond and Bonizad up there if if they can't get any decent passes. Um, and talking about Jahan Baksh, uh, I feel sorry for him because uh, he's been lacking playing time in England, although he's a good player. He's been struggling a lot, and uh, uh, I can, for me, I can't see why someone shouldn't should shouldn't start instead of Jaron Bach the way things are at the moment. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm not the coach, but seeing the games, that would be my first choice to be honest. Yeah,
4: I would agree. I think um, I thought nurulu had a brilliant game yesterday for Iran. I thought he was. He was wearing the ball. He was winning second balls as well. A lot of things that, you know, Iranians sometimes tend not to do, tend to lose a bit of focus. But he was very focused yesterday. He was extremely on the ball, allowing very little space for the Iraqi players B- between the lines. You know, he wasn't allowing any kind of passes between Ressan and Humam Tariq to get through. A few times, he lost the ball uh, and he recovered very well. And we've said it before. We don't consider Noor Lahi a defensive midfielder. We don't consider him a holding. We, we consider him more of a box to box player, a number eight. You know, someone who is able to kind of do both parts of the game quite well. Um, and he showed that. You know, alongside side he 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 does better. You know, and I'm I'm impressed with him. Yeah, I think that's the position that he needs to play more often. On Bash, look, let's just be. Be honest with ourselves here. He had a bad game, simple as that. You know, and I'm not being critical because I don't I don't like him. I'm a huge Jahan Baksh fan. I really enjoy watching him play. I think he's got some moments of absolute genius when he plays for Brighton. You know, and and for, and for the national team, he does do it. And we know that he's really good. But I've said this so many times about him. He needs to come out of this kind of um, robotic football that he's doing, where he's just taking it and passing it. You know, how many back passes does he play in the game? And It's almost like he's afraid to turn the, the back and take him on down the line. You know, just do it, man. Try it a couple of times in the game. It might come off. And even if you make a mistake, are Iraq going to go out and score the other end? I don't think they are. You know, our defence really solid yesterday. You know, you have to take risks at international level. And he's, he's not, he's afraid to do that. He's a little bit timid. You know, we need to see more from him. You know, he's, he's again... Another guy who was on, with the captain's armband for a few games. You know, he, he had he was a captain. You need to ex- you expect more from him, 100%. You know, he's been to two World Cups. He's played in the Premier League for a couple of seasons, few seasons. We're criticising him because we expect better. We're not criticising him because we don't like him. We know he's a good player. But we don't want to see him just playing back passes and doing the simple things well. We need him to be a bit more expressive, you know, the way qualities are there is on the right-hand side.
1: Now, uh, Naveed, uh, you have the perspective of the same thing as what uh, Saman and, and uh, Jahan Baksh have of playing in Northwestern Europe and, and uh, the different, uh, you know, atmosphere that may be from, from other countries. You know, how, how do you think Jahan Baksh has tried to translate uh, any of his game limited minutes of, of Brighton and then... Tr- Kind of translating that into Team Lee. I mean, just, uh broke it down really well. I, you know, he was just really kind of struggling, maybe timid. I, I definitely would agree with that. Or do you agree that John Box has this shell and and what can can he do to to really come out of that, both club and international?
3: Yeah, I mean, playing in the Premier League in itself is a whole nother ball game, and I think um, we could all agree that it's definitely the toughest league in the world to play in. Um, I feel like Alireza obviously playing in Holland was um, was a sensational player there. Um, he's come over to England and for whatever reason, um, it hasn't quite worked out just yet, but I believe that he's a hardworking guy from what I've heard. Um, and, you know, when he's not playing and not having regular game time anywhere in, in the world, especially in Europe, when you're playing in the, in the top levels, um, playing with a lack of confidence and especially in the positions that we play in, that is our whole game when it comes to um, kind of creating things out of nothing, being really positive, running at people, playing forward passes. And once those things um, kind of not playing weekly and, and those things don't become habit or you kind of lose the habit of those things, your game starts to um, become more basic, shall I say. Um, and I'm not saying that's, that's what's happening with Ali Reza, but you know, to an extent it maybe has, um so, you know, I, I feel like maybe his form isn't as good as as how it's been in the past. But, you know, it's no reason to say um, that we shouldn't, you know, take our time with him, uh, with the national team. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not the coach to, to pick particular particularly players and in, in positions. But, you know, I think we can all agree he's maybe it's a lack of playing time, maybe it's lack of form, but his confidence isn't 100% there. Um, and the only thing in order to to get that right is, is to just continue to work hard and I'm sure he is doing and hopefully then you know his luck and his form will change again.
1: Navid, I appreciate all your insight man I know you got to go we're kind of short on time for you but I want to appreciate uh, you joining us man we'll let you get back to what you got to do today.
3: No problem thanks guys for having me and I'd like to uh, listen to the podcast back and see what else you guys have in store in the future thank you.
1: Yeah definitely fantastic to have uh, Navid on a and and guys uh, again uh, to our listeners if you have not yeah, listen. That uh, interview was really interesting and, and really fun to uh, listen. Get his perspective as as someone who is maybe uh, not not from Iran, who has played with those guys and had, definitely has that uh, experience, and is still very much going at it, very successful as well. Let's hear from Hassanin Bilal from the Iraq Football Podcast. We heard from him last week from a preview. Now let's get his perspective on, on how it went for on the Iraqi side.
4: Okay, I'm joined by Hassanin Bilal, Iraq Football Podcast. Had you on for the preview? I've been on your podcast now as well. Uh, make sure you listen to the podcast uh, on all platforms uh, and on YouTube. Hassanein, how you doing, man?
5: I'm um, very well. Uh, I think this makes us best friends. You know, I've been on your podcast. You've been on mine. We <laughs> must be best friends right now
4: you even um, know an article man
5: <laughs> absolutely exactly yeah exactly uh, first of all i just want to say congratulations really it's i say it with a bit of frustration i'm not gonna lie but congratulations to iran on winning that game and for making it through to the next round if i'm honest with you guys you really do deserve it it was a hard match to watch uh, as an iraqi fan um for those who don't know i have a website called iraqfootball.me or middle east and I have the, uh, a podcast called the Iraq Football Podcast. And it's quite similar to what Golbazan, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. Uh, and we we do something similar where we interview players and we discuss the latest games. Uh, we were lucky enough to have you feature on it yesterday. If you want to check it out, you could find it, just go into any mainstream uh, or big podcast platform you could find it there just the iraq football podcast
4: so so just give me your thoughts on the game then how do you think it went for an iraq perspective
5: (sighs) there's there's a lot to say but i'll try keeping it short because i'm sure you guys have discussed things from your own perspective It's, it's a frustrating game to watch if i'm honest with you um i don't think either side played particularly well uh i think iraq started the game off well but What we really lacked was quality. And I think that's where Iran managed to win the game, in that they really demonstrated in the times where they were attacking effectively, they showed real quality in in their play, in their passing, in their movement. They they were a lot more fluid. And um, their quality is what won them the game, especially the front three. Um, I think with Iraq, we were just too slow. We lacked any real creativity on the ball. Um, I think we passed particularly well up until the the, the Iranian goal. I think we we did okay pressing. But the, the problem was that when the ball would cross the halfway line, the ball would either go to Mimi, our striker, or Bashar, who you guys will know a lot about, given that he played for Paris Police. But they just looked isolated. There was no real support for them. They weren't able to actually create anything meaningful. And Iran pressured really well. So the, Mimi and Bashar were forced into making uh, errors and uh, losing the ball quite easily. We never really had any any good chances in the first half. There was that one handball that... Um, you could tell me it wasn't a handball, but for me, it was a clear handball. His, his hand was in a very unnatural position. It was outside of his natural silhouette. I think on another day, that could have been a penalty. But, you know... for is for,
4: uh, for Khalil Zadeh, yeah.
5: Exactly, yeah. So football sometimes, you know, luck is not going to go in your favour and you just, you have to keep playing. And uh, unfortunately, Iraq, outside of that, we failed to create any meaningful chances. At uh, the second half, we tried to push forward a little bit more. Bashar had that very good chance, but if I'm honest with you, other than Bashar's shot that went straight at the keeper, I don't think we really did anything that deserves us to get three points. And I think um, once our energy dropped a little bit, Katanich failed to make any like meaningful substitutions. Uh, Iran uh, took off Sadar. They they started to sit back and play on the counter attack, and we were exposed a few times. Thankfully, Jalal Hassan, our goalkeeper, uh, saved us with a couple of chances. I think on another day, Iran could have won by significantly more. But yeah, uh, yeah, like I said, the, the biggest factor for me was the quality of the Iranian uh, attack, that that front yeah. three their movement the way they play off each other you could you could see it's it's a it's a quality above anything Iraq has and it pains me to say that but you know sometimes we need to be honest about these discussions and i think i think there's a lot that Iraq can learn from Iran and uh, i think overall to 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 play four games back to back the way you guys have done to win all of them uh, i say quite comfortably I think the only, (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think the hardest game for you guys was probably against Hong Kong. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
5: exactly. Um, They're the ones I was watching that match. They actually did put up some good resistance. So yeah, all in all, I think it's uh, it's a deserved Iranian win. It's frustrating, but I will say this though, if there's any game in the last five games that we've played against you, if there's any one that I would want to lose, it is this one. Because uh, from an Iraqi perspective, we were pretty much already through at halftime anyway. Uh, it was unlikely we weren't going to make it through to the next round so you know if we 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 lost yesterday it would have been nice to win but you know so be it It happens in football you're not going to win everything
4: yeah it's a it's a it's a fair and honest assessment um that you just that you just said there on top of everything the news just came out after the game that katinic is he leaving
5: so there's been various reports saying he will leave and if I'm honest with you these reports are like, solid, solid sources that are, like, are very close to Iraqi football. But as of yet, there's nothing official. Uh, I would not be surprised if he does leave. Um, I think yesterday, it was such a frustrating match for a lot of fans because it's been on the back of quite a few poor performances. Uh, Iraq, yesterday, that was a first loss in 20 games. But having said that, there's still been so many question marks about Katanich about Iraq, about the steps we need to go forward. And I, I think it just, it comes at such a bad time, given that we we won't really have any more friendlies with the World Cup qualifiers coming up. But if I'm honest with you, I'm, I'm looking at this this uh, current situation and it's, I think we're stuck, really. I think if, if we get rid of Katinich, it's a disastrous move because we won't have time to adapt and play any friendly games and, get a new coach in, but at the same time, I really don't feel like under Katanich, we have a good chance of qualifying in the next round. So we are in a bit of a limbo and it's uh, it's a bit of a scary time, given that before the last month, really before the last three qualifiers that we played and the two friendlies before that, we were in a very comfortable, comfortable situation. And now in, in the space of about three weeks, the, everything's come tumbling down.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And I hope that it bounces back for them because, you know, I've I've said this on your podcast. I think Iraq have a good team. And I think it all depends on, you know, can they build a stronger squad? The qualifiers have finished, the second round of qualifiers, third round of qualifiers, Iraq are now in pot four. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Again, once more frustrated uh, by that. I think if we were in pot three, we would have had a much better chance of making it through to the next round. Um, but pot four really does put us in a difficult spot. Um, so the, the first pot uh, is Japan and Iran. No offense to you guys, but you know I think I think if we play Iran, we, there's a chance of winning that game or getting something. Playing against Japan, there's no chance. Then the rest of the the rest of the teams in in Asia. I I, I might come back and uh, like regret saying this, but I, I really do feel like depending on how we take this next step we can beat most of those teams. I really feel like we can beat the UAE. Uh, we can beat the likes of um, China, Vietnam, Oman. We'd be expected to beat these teams. The only teams that I think really are tough, the likes of uh, Japan, Iran, and I, we've beaten you previously and I know we can do it again because it's such a big game for us and for you guys that you know, um, it really comes down to on the day what happens. Then you have teams like um, South Korea, Australia. I don't think particularly. Uh, they, I don't think they're doing particularly well either of them. And I think we can get points against them. The question is that can can we win that many games back to back? I think on the day we can win those games, but do we have the squad depth? Do we have the fitness? Do we have the uh, the the manager who can actually rotate the squad and bring in new fresh players and get us? Um, wins against against a very tough group. I don't know about that. And I, I think a lot of it depends on uh, whether the the manager, be it Katanich or somebody else, brings in fresh blood, that brings in expats that have not been featured in the national team for some time. Having said that, if I'm honest with you, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, I, I wouldn't particularly be too, um, too confident in Iraq making it to the next round. I think there's... So many issues right now in terms of um, the manager, the expats being excluded, and I think the other big deal for us is not having um, not having home games. So we just about started to get uh, to play our games at home, and then COVID happened. So there's still question marks about what what is going to happen come September. I mean, you guys know just as well as us that that pitch in Bahrain was like unforgivable so that, that it didn't help us and with no fans is just yet another difficulty that we face but yeah i'm not i'm not looking forward to it let's put it that way
4: listen mate i appreciate you, t- you taking the time to come on Global and podcast um listen if we get you guys in the group hopefully
1: have you back
5: on and yeah thank you so much thanks for having me and i look forward to uh hopefully playing you guys once more very very soon
1: all right, guys, now following up with that, uh, one quick question for uh, you, Arya and, and Pejman. Who do we think Iran would bat, would best match up against going into these final rounds? Again, it's two groups of five countries. I think
2: it's a different Iran now than we've seen in, in, the, in the last years. I think we have individually so good players that they're game changers. And they seem to find each other real well now. To be honest, I don't. I don't know that. I don't think it matters what kind of team they will play against, uh, because uh, if they're like like a machine, at least it feels like that. So it will be really interesting to see them play against stronger opponents. Uh, Syria isn't one of them. Uh, Iraq wasn't one of them, although the closest you could come to that. Bahrain wasn't one of them either. So how will like, this, this trio so, uh, with Sardar, Taremi, and Ghalizadeh uh, manage to play against South Korea, against Australia, against Saudi Arabia? That will be interesting to see. Uh, I don't think they will have any problem against the UAE or Oman or Syria. I think Iran is, is that good enough to, to uh, manage those games.
1: They were playing with a big chip on their shoulders. They had the the entire country doubting yeah. them. They had so much more to play for. How do we, how do we ensure that that you know we don't feel too complacent and find ourselves in the same hole as what happened the last round?
4: Well, first and foremost, um, you saw in the game against Iraq, the Iraqi players were um, they were playing into into the the referee's book. You know, a team only does that when they feel like the the opposition team are better than them. You know. They were looking for, looking for red cars, they were looking for penalties, they were looking for, for anything to get into the players' heads. And as I said, a team only does that when they know the opposition team is better. And you know the Iranian team know that themselves. They know that they're one of the best teams in Asia. They know that they can go out and beat Iraq. Um, they know they can go out and beat Bahrain. They know it. You know, the players know it themselves. The only thing they have to do is is be confident in themselves, trust the coach, because the coach I don't think is I've said this a million times about Scotchich. I've said it, I'll say it again. I think he's a good coach, Scotchic. I think he's a good coach. I I think he needs he needs time. To become a national team head coach or an international head coach, I think he has still a lot to learn. There's not it's not the same as being a club coach, um, but he's getting there, you know. And he's proven that he can he can do that for the Iranian national team. And I hope he does stay. You know, we'll come on to that in a minute. But I hope he does stay because we did we did well. You know, we did well to get these four wins against Iraq again. I'll come back to the game. I think it's very important that we discuss it. The team looked. You know, good in most areas, defensively we look strong, and there's not, not there's not a lot to change when it comes to the the next round of qualifiers. There's not like massive problems in the team. We looked strong against Iraq. We were able to beat them. We were able to not let them score. You know, we were able to to allow the, our attackers to express themselves when they wanted to. You know, maybe not so much of Bash but. Again, this, we had substitutes like Qayedi coming on the game, Quddus, uh, Torabi, making so much impact off the bench. We've got a great team. 100% we've got a great team. No doubt about it. You know, Bahrain, they couldn't handle us on a good pitch. Against Iraq on a horrible pitch that we haven't even said yet, by the way, on a horrible pitch against Iraq. Iraq couldn't be us, you know. And I just, I, I, I've got so much belief in this team. I want them to do good and I feel like uh, with the right formula, with the right system, this team can go a long way. And yes, Pejman's saying we can easily beat Syria. Absolutely. You know, yes, against South Korea, I think this time around it'll be more competitive than it used to be. You know, I think it'll be a bit harder. I don't think it'll be difficult, but it'll be a bit harder. It'll be a difficult task to go out and beat them away from home, but we can do it still. You know, we still have those players. In fact, the team now is better than it was four years ago, in my opinion. You know, more talented, more skillful, much quicker.
1: Well, let's talk about that. Does Skosic deserve that contract extension? Because as we just saw, and we're recording this as of uh, Wednesday night, president of the Iranian Football Federation it, it confirmed that his contract expired and no action has been taken yet. What should we hope for? Uh, Pejman? you go ahead. Well, this
2: uh, interesting topic. Uh, uh, we finally seem to find a coach who doesn't seem to mind to be in Iran, who's been in Iran for a long time, who knows the Iranian football, knows the Iranian culture, knows the Iranian uh, football federation. He's actually winning all the games that we're supposed to win. And now we're thinking like, eh, we can do better. Maybe we can. Are we ready to take that risk? Could it be like a, Ali Doi Afshin Qutbi moment where Ali Doi led the national team and uh, lost against Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think, it, uh, and then uh, Afshin Qutbi came and took the team with three games, uh, hoping to qualify for the World Cup. Iran didn't qualify. Uh, could that be? Uh, I, I can see that scenario happening, giving Scottish a new contract, and he or the team will mess up. But when Iran still will have a chance, they will bring in somebody else, somebody expensive, uh, uh, foreigner who will get uh, get the chance to, to take Iran with only like three or four games left. Um, well, I think I think he deserves to continue. I agree with that. I think
4: uh, skocic Look, we speak about coaches who get results. Um, and if a if a coach is doing that, you give him the credit. You know, it's not easy for a coach with with very high amounts of pressure. Eighty million people saying you can't get twelve points in this in these four games. You know, we were saying it ourselves. You know, a lot of those, a lot of us were even on our podcast. You know, we we'll, we we'll take the blame for it. We were saying that we couldn't get twelve points, and we did. You know, we did. We got all twelve points. Uh, we only conceded one goal. So like fantastic from Scottish you know and okay you can say you know the performances were up to par compared to previous qualifying matches but what was the objective the objective was to improve on what Wilmot's left us with and he did that you know he did it and we beat Iraq and Bahrain away from home we didn't get the home game against Iraq and Bahrain we forget that you know now it come, now we go back to the discussion we had a month ago when the when the hosting was getting announced we didn't get a home game against Bahrain and Iraq and we still beat them again credit to the players credit to the coach credit to the coaching staff and the federation who you know although you know they they didn't prepare us properly we had no friendlies before this before these uh, games we had like three friendlies the last one was was uh, a little while ago against Syria, you know, but credit to them for being a coach who was able to change it around.
1: And we'll definitely have a, have a chance to to get into to this next part about the, about the uh, potential opponents for Iran in the next few rounds. Just to break it down, uh, Ari, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I'm just reading off of that screenshot that we uh, tweeted on our uh, Golbazan uh, Twitter page. Uh, and pot one it is uh, Japan and Iran that means there's n- there's no chance that Iran will play against Japan uh, they will each get their own uh, their own groups pot two will be uh, either South Korea or Australia now pot three is Saudi Arabia or Iraq pot 4 UAE or China pot 5 Syria or Oman pot 6 Vietnam or Lebanon this is Vietnam's the first time making the final group so congrats to them Chris Edwards he's an Australian football fan writer analyze what we've seen in, in Australia's qualification because there is some history with the Iranian Australian World Cup qualifying and could we see that again
4: okay I'm joined by Chris Edwards uh, Australian football fan how are you doing mate
6: I'm doing well sir. thanks mate it's a pleasure to be on the pod with you
4: yeah I appreciate you taking the time to come on Gold Bazan. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your social media, how people can find you.
6: Uh, I've been watching Australian football for probably twenty, or oh, since a team started up in Perth way back in '96. Um, people can find me on uh, Twitter and on Instagram at chris edwards underscore au. Um, I've been following Asian football uh, since I moved to China nearly eight years ago, so I keep an eye on all sorts of Asian football, primarily East Asian football but I try to keep it more uh, from East to West these days, given the more global platform we live in these days.
2: Perfect.
4: Me. And have you done kind of any work that people can kind of refer to uh, about Asian Australian football?
6: Yeah. Um, I've done pods recently for, um, for from the tofu bowl and I wrote a blog um, for uh, the 94th minute talking about Australian football, the A league and the W league and just Australian football in general.
4: Excellent, excellent. So, guys, if you want to check it out, make sure you you follow uh, Chris Edwards on Twitter. Um, Okay, so just obviously your thoughts on the game last night for us anyway, um, Iran versus Iraq, how did you find it?
6: This was one of the games I was really looking forward to when the uh, draw came out, particularly as the the group was progressing. Um, It's a really physical game. I hadn't watched a lot of Iraq-Iran fixtures. and as an Australian, I'm used to physical football, but this was something on a completely different level. Um, I thought that uh, the Asmuna goal was a fantastic team goal. Um, and Iran really dominated significant parts of the game. Uh, but Iraq really pushed hard in that final 30 minutes, trying to find that equaliser. Um, it's fantastic to see both Iran and Iraq qualify um, out of a tough group. Um and, uh, yeah, it'll be good to see both, both sides uh, in that final stage of qualifying, along with Australia. What did you think of it?
4: You, well, you'll, you'll, you'll get my thoughts on it on the podcast. Uh, but, I mean, I'm really, I'm really happy to sort of see someone from Australia, someone who's maybe you know got a different opinion to us. You know, we we take we take it like you know very personally when when you know the Iranian national team don't win matches because you know we're very very passionate fan base. But how did the Australians find it? You know, obviously I know Australia have won all eight of their matches. They've done absolutely brilliant in this qualification phase. Um, what is the sort of perception? right now for australian fans are they really happy uh, are they still skeptical what's the kind of consensus for that just now
6: obviously we're very happy right now we came in with a very new looking side we uh capped seven new players coming into uh these four matches um and they've all performed uh extremely well so in that sense um, not bringing in some of the older players and bringing in new ones was something that Graham Arnold wanted to do, and has really, you know, marked the team as saying this is something I want to do. This is his project, and by bringing in players from both within Australia and across Europe, uh, all over Europe, and even from the MLS, it's something that he stood up and did. We felt quite confident in a way. Um, you know, we had Nepal and Chinese Taipei which we thought were going, to be, were going to be easy games to take on. But we were worried about Kuwait and Jordan. Um, Australia is not always great in the Middle East, uh, but we did well in those matches. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see um, how we go in that third round where, you know, West and Central Asia will be, domin- will be the dominant nations compared to um, East and Southeast Asia. What,
4: one question I think is quite good for Iranian fans to to get an answer from is on Daniel Arzani, who obviously is of um, Australian and Iranian um, uh, heritage. He's been born in Iran, but he played for Australian national team. What, what do you think happened to him? Why was he not called up?
6: From what I understand, he's still coming back from injury while he's on loan at Celtic. To be honest, I'd have to check on that to see if he's been playing enough football. One thing that Graham Arnold has been focusing on is if you're not playing enough football, you're not going to be selected. So there are a few players that uh, weren't selected because they weren't playing enough football or they were injured. So players in who, like Azani, um, who we would normally expect to be selected given his high profile in the past, he didn't appear quite possibly because... He's not playing well enough or he's not playing enough football. Personally, I'd love to see him play. There are many Australians that would love to see him play, but he's kind of disappeared off the radar. I'd honestly have to look look to see where he is now. Yeah, I think the last
4: time we heard from him, I think he was playing in the Danish league uh, for a team called AGF. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. He has fallen off the radar. Um, now, uh, Australia, again, they're one of the top-ranked teams in, in Asia, along with Iran of course, Japan and South Korea. Uh, we have the draw uh, for the last round of qualification on the 1st of July. Uh, that will be uh, done in Kuala Lumpur. What's your your thoughts uh, on Australia getting to the World Cup?
6: Uh, I think quietly confident. I think it's going to be tough because, you know, it's Asia. We have It's going to be tough. Given the pots as they stand, um, there's a 50 50 chance of the two of us playing each other, possibly not at the MCG. We still have bad feelings about that from 1997. I think you can understand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I was born um, on
4: that in that year, so I don't actually remember, but
6: for sure. I but, another yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's still, uh, I think we don't actually play many qualifiers. I don't think we actually play any qualifiers at the MCG anymore. Like it just doesn't yeah. happen. Um, then it'll be probably it'll be one of Saudi or the UAE, one of China and Iraq, one of Syria and Oman, and one of Vietnam and Lebanon. Got a pretty healthy um, rivalry with Japan these days. So there people will, as well as and you know, despite the fact we haven't played Iran for a while, people may want to bring that back. Obviously, it's a little bit different these days. So um, I think at this point we can probably. I think we could finish top two, but it's going to be a tough top two, I think, for all nations. I think the biggest question is how the qualifiers actually take place, given the current global situation. What about you?
4: Yeah, no, I I think it's going to be an interesting one because there there are a lot of good teams. I think the quality in, in, in Asia has definitely risen over the last couple of years, a lot of players going to European top leagues. it's it's I think it's very positive that Qatar aren't in the qualification phase because they look like a very strong side. Uh, and, you know, it does make it a little bit easier in that sense. However, it's very tough. You know, Iraq looked good throughout the qualification phase. Uh, even Bahrain. Bahrain and our group looked very, very, you know, they were very good, but they didn't qualify. So there are good teams that didn't even get into the last stage. Uh, so look, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I do personally want us to get Australia because we haven't played Australia in a long time, you know, even in qualification, we rarely ever get them. You're always with South Korea. So, um, I'd like, I'd love to say I'm happy. We're not going to get Japan. You know, that's something that I'm very happy with because they looked like look an yeah. unbelievably strong side.
6: Equally, so, I'm happy. We're not getting South Korea. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a
6: That's a I t- no know you disrespect to the South Koreans, but that's a excellent side yeah so i'm happy to miss that one
4: yeah, so, 100%, mate. yeah Not, i
6: can totally see where you're going there
4: uh chris i appreciate your time uh thanks very much for coming on gold bazan uh, again excellent. how can how can people find you on twitter
6: so people can find me on twitter at chris edwards underscore au excellent thanks very much thanks it's been a pleasure
1: all right, uh, Aria. Thanks for getting that interview, Aria. I want to get your reaction. What was your conversation with them like? Do you think it might be might see a interesting mm-hmm. challenge, maybe if if you're on display Australia? Because we haven't we haven't yeah. yet uh, had the chance to uh, go up against them in in competitive uh, football. I believe not since not since that famous 1997
4: game. Yeah, yeah. As, as he mentioned, you know, look, we haven't played Australia in a long. I'd love to play Australia, um, and I think that they would be competitive against us i think that we would would do well against them as well um it would just be a good game to watch uh, we've seen south korea we've seen we've played japan you know i think it's time for us to play australia now you know <laughs> it's been it's been it would be it'd be it'd be hilarious if, if you got south korea again it'd be hilarious because we've got them so many times in qualifiers you know i mean you know we need nice to go back to seoul and and you know um beat them again because uh you know they didn't seem to like it the last time so, but Australia, you know, I'd love to play them. They they have, they have good players, good young team, um, and I hope that they that they're in our group in the next round.
1: I, I agree with that, but I, I especially love the prospect of being able to play Saudi Arabia. Now, now I know that may bring some nervous thoughts and, and bad memories, but you know, we never got to play them under under Karoosh, and I would I would love to play them under the, the 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 talent that Iran has right now. A lot of potential there. Samson, uh, I hope you can somehow find uh, the
2: pod we had where I think it was after Iran's two losses uh, against Iraq and Bahrain. Um, everybody was skeptical, and like, yeah, we're we doomed. I said Iran going to win all the uh, games to their left. Yeah, I hope you can find it and show people that, you know, sometimes you got to have faith. Maybe it was just luck. I don't know. I believe, I'm certain that Iran will win its group, okay? Now, let's say this this quote this time, okay? It doesn't matter which teams they play against. Me, personally, I hope they don't play against China or Vietnam. And it's not because they're good teams. They're actually quite bad. In uh, They're not as good as the other teams in their pot. But, you know, let's avoid those long, long trips because... Either way, Iran is gonna already uh, play in South Korea or Australia. It's it's really long trips, so let's not have South Korea, Australia, China, and Vietnam. That makes me more worried than than anything else. Those long trips that can it it, it takes a lot of time to to adjust, and it's it's rough. I rather play against all these Arab teams. I have nothing against them, so. That's my two points, two cents.
1: All right, Pejman, we're going to let you go. I know I know, you're in a hurry, so we'll let you go. Thanks, Pejman, for, for all your thoughts. Now, Aria, uh, moving on to fan questions. Uh, now, I, I will say that we address a lot in this episode, and – uh, if we already answered your question well then there we go we already answered your question so uh let's, let's get to any that we perhaps have not really come across okay our first one comes from uh re12 twitter is at persian wall what would be a bad or tough draw per se that yeah. you don't want to see in the next round of qualifying anything we should worry about
4: yeah for me it would be very as i said before i think um if we get south korea i think it would be one that they want to avenge because of what's happened the last last few qualifiers. Uh, if we get Saudi Arabia, I think it will also be a tough game. They they are quite a strong side, Saudi Arabia. Um, and again, I, I would like us to get Iraq again because because again because of the whole the whole uh, revenge thing that, <laughs> that I'm sure they want. Other than that, the rest of the teams are are, are fairly straightforward: Syria, Vietnam, Lebanon. At Oman, but you know, for me, I'd love us to face Oman because of Branko Ivankovic. I'd like him like us to to just play against his team, you know, um, for for no other reason, in <laughs> quotation marks. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's tough teams there. I'm I'm quite happy that Qatar aren't in this qualification phase because they're quite a good side as well. So, so yeah, no, look, Iran, if they, if we can avoid South Korea, I think we've got a good chance of qualification.
1: And yeah, we already know Pejman's thoughts on this, Iran going to beat everyone 10-0, right? And he wasn't wrong, he wasn't wrong about it. yeah his point. Definitely was not wrong about Iran coming up big, beating everyone. We'll give Pejman credit on that, that's for sure. um I, I, Yeah, I, like we were saying earlier, I would love to play Australia. I would love to get another shot against uh, Saudi Arabia. It hasn't happened in a while went through Iraq, we already you know, been through those battles. I would love to play China again. Uh, I thought you know, that, that's definitely a matchup that we're favored pretty well against. Uh, I would then, yeah, to, to a point again, Ari, I'd love to see Iran versus uh, Branko Ivankovic matchup, the, the former man who led Iran to the 2006 World Cup before that, um, what ended in a pretty much a disappointment there at the end of Ali Da'i and so on and so forth. Uh, the only team that we always play that we're not playing against this time will be Uzbekistan and them in Qatar. We don't have to worry about Qatar for a long time, everyone. We're, they, they are automatically qualified, yeah. won't be in their group in the World Cup. The only chance to be at, at a second round of, of round of 16 in the World Cup or, or anything like that. Moving on, uh, the next question. One thing I, I've been curious about as well, Arya, you is it possible to have any friendlies in between these World Cup qualifiers in the next year
4: no I think I think it'll be a, that'll be it for friendlies um, because the scheduling will have to be quite um, it will be quite intensive because obviously the qualifiers got pushed back twice you know we'll, we'll have to finish the qualification process by November this year I believe so yeah there will there will be no time unless they go to March which I doubt they'll do Uh, FIFA will try to make it quite intensive Uh, so yeah I don't see friendlies happening unless they do friendlies outside FIFA days which is rarely going to happen for the national team unfortunately and then the question is who do you play because a lot of teams especially European teams will be away for Nations League matches or Or whatever it may be, so it's very difficult to to play European teams. So,
1: yeah, and what a shame that is, and it's another reason why I've always been against uh, the UEFA Nations League. Well, then, then the question is, you
4: know, the question is, should there be an Asian an Asian Nations League? You know, because
1: what can you get? um, What what can you get from that European? Well, we we
4: we could we could play more friendlies against Australia, against South Korea, against Japan, against Saudi Arabia. But you know, how,
1: does that, how does that advance your level of play in preparation for when you're playing against teams? <laughs> Do you know Europe? what,
4: I mate? Mean? It's, it's better than playing Uzbekistan every, every year, as far as I'm concerned. And I, I completely agree with you, but beggars can't be choosers. You know, if we're going to keep playing Uzbekistan and Iran U23s and, you know, Montenegro and, and all these kind of, like, lower-level European teams, I'd rather just play Japan, Australia and South Korea. <laughs> like you know, you know, what I mean.
1: Oh, by the way, that last question came from uh, Erfan, uh, uh at eri eighteen oh six on on Twitter. He asked us that. Uh, last question that we'll that we'll get Amir at football ship on Twitter. Chances of qualifying to uh, to the official World Cup tournament at this point. What kind of percentage would you put at? I I personally put it as eighty five percent.
4: Yeah, I would say it's quite high. Looking at our team just now, looking at the game last night against Iraq, um, I'm positive. I'm positive about qualification to the World Cup. Um, I think it was Nima Tavaloy who, who was on our podcast a little while ago. He was saying that this is the World Cup that Iran can't afford to miss out on because it's it's in Qatar. It's in the winter. it's in It's next door to the country we're looking at some of the best Iranian talents playing right now and on top of everything you know we have we have i think we've, we've had the most amount of european based players we've ever had in our history you know so the team is good the team is doing good we can we can do well at, this, at the world cup if we qualify I just hope we do because it would mean it mean also it'd mean great for the fans because you know more fans will travel to the game. I'll go to the game. You know, we we want to we want to go to World Cup. We, we, we want to support the national team as closely as possible. We want to meet the players. You know, it'd be great for our podcast to do, you know first and foremost, no doubt about it, to go out and do more exclusive stuff in person. You know, and obviously that would be something that we would do off our own backs because we'd, we'd love to do it. And it would just be great for Iranian football in general if, if, if we went to Qatar.
1: Yeah, and, and, and just as a part of Goal Design, I mean, we're totally non-profit. We're, we're a bunch of uh, guys who use our, our our qualities and what we've already uh, done outside of this and we combine to make this podcast just off the interest of, of Iranian football alone. And to, to be able to, to have that in Qatar to bring that, bring it to that, to bring Iranian football to the forefront, uh, you know that that's, I mean, that's just an amazing thought, and that's definitely what we'd be uh, working for uh, as well. I know, I know, I, I sure as heck would would uh, put my efforts to that. I mean, I went to school for journalism and all that, but I mean, geez, man, I get the chance. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna make the most of that here at Gold Design. Oh <laughs> uh, hey, I got a, I got one fan question from from myself. We keep uh, we keeping the uh, current old sport kit designs.
4: Yeah, I think I thought the new jersey looked nice. You know, it, it, it incorporated the green color as well as the red color. It wasn't just red and white. You know, it was it was incorporating the the, the whole flag. It incorporated the the cheetah design, the you know the Asiatic cheetah. It also had. Uh, it went away with the old, you know, the the, the thing on the side, the, the the weird pattern they had on on the on the underarm. I just thought it looked really weird, <laughs> like it was just so like it, it was like a goalie a goalie um, you know training t shirt. Do you know what I mean? It just looked really bad. But um, no, the the new jersey looks nice.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I just think I just think we could go without the socks I and mean, the, the thick stripes at the middle part. I, I think every time I see that, I think uh, <laughs> they look like clown socks.
4: Yeah, let's let's hope we do something
1: nice for the World Cup. Yeah, but uh, you know, you you play good, you look good. I mean, it's it's a good time to be an Iranian football fan. And
4: very quickly, I just want to add something I think is very important um, at this point, very poignant. Um, we we gained a lot of followers over, over this period of time on youtube and i just want to say how much i appreciate the support um because we genuinely we genuinely believe that this podcast is something that we um are able to 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 give our, our all for the, for the national team for iranian football and just receiving the support over the last month has been really quite overwhelming and I really hope that it continues because we love to give this content to you guys and ultimately for me the most important thing is that you guys enjoy it you know listening to your feedback it it helps us a lot you know when you put comments on YouTube we always read them we always um, appreciate you giving it to us
1: all right well said mate Um, and this is this is all thanks to I mean the last month especially mate you you've done gosh, at least 80, 90% of the work, man. And along with all of our uh, contributing partners and all of our, uh, our guests that came on and all the uh, uh, guest segments, Aria helped organize. So uh, on, when you're following us on Twitter, uh, you can thank Arya for so much of the content that we've had. Most of it has been his brainchild and, and it's all for a common cause to advance uh, our following and keep up with Team Elise, something we all have a passion for, uh, no matter where we live, as we've definitely proven that we're all, <laughs> literally, all over the world it seems. And uh, also special thanks to for our, our featured music, uh, Kidmo for Real, Danny Asadi, and Disco Shrine. Appreciate their contributions as well. And yeah, uh, for Arya Alavardi, for Navid Naseri, for Pajman Pars. I'm Samson Tamizhian. Again, thanks for listening, Golbazan, and we'll be back before you know it. All for Team Mili.
0: And you're listening to Golbazan, and I hope you continue listening to their amazing podcast. Thank you all for the support. Love you, Golbazan.